0: It is the F word we don't talk about enough, fiduciary. There is a new movement in the effort to make sure advisors really have their clients absolute best interest at heart. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City.
1: And coming to you from outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show, my mom's half-finished basement. I'm Joe Salcihai.
0: This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories. With thought leaders from across the financial landscape, we break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Tiller's the only service that automatically updates Google Sheets or Excel you choose with your daily spending, transactions, and account balances. Try it for free and get 20% off your first year of Tiller. If you head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. By the way, thanks to Tiller for giving money with friends, friends. Giving our friends 20% off. That's pretty cool. And Bobby, we're not 20% off today. We're bringing 100% of the goodness to the people. Always. We always do. Always, Joe. Yes. This is today's show is going to be a little inside baseball, but it's like you said, the F word that we don't hear enough. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty important thing.
0: It is. I think a lot of people take things for granted that you're, The person advising you actually has your best interest at heart. But really, that's actually not the case, necessarily. There's no law in many places fully protecting people from simply buying something. The term, we'll talk more about this, is suitable. Uh, That is not the same as what's in your best interest.
1: And no matter what brokerage firms say on their and financial asset management companies, insurance companies say on their advertisements... I think this piece shows you where a lot of financial companies really stand. So let's get into it. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. Friends, check. Money, check. Friends with money, let's do this. This comes to us from Investment News. That's a place where uh, financial planner nerds and brokerage industry nerds hang out. It's an industry rag for the uh, investment professional community. You found this article yourself, Joe. I believe it or You're, not, I did. You are a regular reader. Yes, I am definitely that nerd. <laughs> this is where Joe hangs out. Uh, this is written by Mark Schaff Jr. Brokerage industry opposes Massachusetts fiduciary rule proposal at hearing. Brokerage and insurance industry representatives last Tuesday criticized a Massachusetts proposal that would impose fiduciary duty on all financial advisors in the state. But investor protection advocates are confident the state won't back down under industry pressure. Massachusetts Secretary of the Commonwealth William Galvin held an all-day public hearing last Tuesday in Boston on the advice reform proposal, which was first released in June a revised proposal was released last month and a comment period ended Tuesday. The proposed regulation would require all brokers, investment advisors, and investment advisor representatives to, quote, provide advice based on what's for the customer or client without ...regard to the interest of any other person, according to a comment request. Did I get that? Uh, yeah, and what's best mm-hmm. for the customer client. The measure would apply to any recommendation of investment strategy, the opening of accounts, or the purchase of any security, commodity, or insurance product. Brokers who currently adhere to the suitability standard would be subject to the fiduciary rule that already governs investment advisors, quote, when broker, dealer, or agent is acting like an investment advisor... The comment request states, Mr. Galvin has indicated that Massachusetts moving ahead with its rule because the Securities and Exchange Commission's advice reform effort highlighted by the regulation best interest to raise the broker standard is too weak. Industry opponents on Tuesday told Massachusetts to defer to the SEC. Regulation BI, as it's known, must be implemented by June 30th. Dale Brown, president and chief executive of the Financial Services Institute, which represents independent broker dealers and financial advisors, testified that the Massachusetts proposal was too broad in its application of ongoing fiduciary duty, which would prevent Bay State brokers from providing one-time or occasional investment advice to its brokerage clients because of significantly increased regulatory expenses. It'll discourage broker-dealers from serving Massachusetts clients, whether because of cost or because of the narrow availability of episodic rather than ongoing fiduciary duty, Mr. Brown said. Kevin Mayu, chief executive of the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, said the Massachusetts proposal would lead brokers to switch from commission-based practices to a fee-based business model, which could price investors with modest assets out of the advice market.
0: In his testimony, he also expressed concern about the Massachusetts rule applying to insurance products, which will likely result in increased costs to consumers of these products due to the costs of compliance with the additional regulations. Knut Rostad, president of the Institute for the Fiduciary Standard, doesn't expect Mr. Galvin to modify the proposal significantly based on the industry pushback at Tuesday's hearing. Mr. Galvin has a clear-eyed view of what needs to be done, which he's expressed in his proposal, Mr. Rostad said. I cannot conceive of anything the industry could do to change Mr. Galvin's views that have been set out clearly for years. Investor advocates assert that the Massachusetts proposal gets advice reform right. Quote, and this is from Barbara Roper, Director of Investor Protection. Um, If adopted without weakening amendments, your proposal would not only improve protections for the citizens of Massachusetts it would provide a model that other states could follow to extend those protections to their own citizens. Um, And that also was a quote from Micah Haupton, Financial Services Council at Consumer Federation of America. Other states, including New Jersey and Nevada, are considering their own fiduciary proposals. Any state rule almost certainly will become the target of a lawsuit.
1: So just to kick this off, guys, this is what we're talking about when, when it comes to doctors, there is a rule about do no harm, right? Doctors first do no harm. The suitability standard is the brokerage equivalent of do no harm. So for a representative to make a recommendation to anybody that meets a suitability standard is do no harm. A fiduciary standard is beyond that. Fiduciary standard is do your best. And you can see when you look at do your best versus do no harm, those can be two totally different things. If you're a commissioned salesperson, you can say, well, this won't harm them. This will lead them in the right direction. Directionally, this is better than what they were doing before. So it's great. But directionally, doing your best for a client versus doing the best thing you know how to do are two totally different things, Bobby. And that's, that's what's happening here. Massachusetts want people, wants people to always do their best versus only do no harm.
0: Right. And the arguments being made against this whole fiduciary thing is that it's going to be more expensive for lower income people. What the reality is, and this is, you know, I'm going to go step out on a limb here and I am a certified financial planner. This is something that we spend a lot of time talking about is um, to be fiduciaries, is that They're gonna. You have in order. I think that people should be paid for good work. So if you are in the financial advice business, you should be paid. The question is how that is. And currently, with a lot of products, it is based on commission. So that is a hidden cost that many consumers are not aware of, but they are paying, and they might be paying it because in the case if you are being sold a product that is suitable for you, but not the best for you, you may be being sold that because that is the way that that advisor can be paid. If you are paying a fee, it would be much more transparent, but many people would be turned off by it is the argument against it. And they might say, oh, I can't afford to pay a, this, this dollar amount is too big for me to pay for that advice because they're used to getting the advice, what they perceive as for free, because in fact, the fees are not transparent to them. So this is more of a perception issue of how the person is being paid is what they're using as the argument against that. And the other argument is that the regulations will simply be too expensive. And that's an argument that many in the financial industry have made before. But I mean, honestly, the alternative. So let's just not regulate because it costs money. Mm, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, it opens them way up. You can see how this opens up financial companies to a lot more lawsuits if if this goes through. So, but you're looking at other states do to it too, and I think that that position. And it sounded like you were kind of inferring this: the position that people with 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 uh, less means uh, should be okay with inferior device, advice because better advice costs more. I think is weak. I think it's incredibly weak, and I think it's a cop-out by the industry. I think it's much more about the potential for lawsuits, and it's also much more about continuing to prop up uh, behaviors that they have and sales practices that they have that they just don't want to look at. I was at an industry conference on annuities uh, at MIT last spring, Bobby. And it was so frustrating to watch some of the, the 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 industry actors defend these things, these practices, just because they want to put the blinders on. Like they wanted to talk about, well, annuities could be made better. We can make them better. We can make them- no no no. Good annuities already exist. The problem is, is that you guys pay some of these bad actors tons and tons of money to do the wrong thing. And as long as you give them this huge financial incentive to recommend the wrong thing, you know what they're going to do? They're going to recommend the wrong thing. There, yes. more money goes into annuities inside of IRAs than any other product, and annuities are a tax deferred vehicle, and a uh, an IRA is a tax shelter. Putting a tax deferred vehicle inside of a tax shelter is ridiculous. You're getting it's ridiculous.
0: It happens a lot with teachers' funds. I've heard. It's, because there's not as much active management as there is with with the uh, companies public traded companies that people work for. Um by the way, so one of the big issues I think is people just aren't even aware. They just make the assumption that the person giving them financial advice has their best best interest at heart. And I actually asked our Instagram audience at Money Friends Pod, you know, how do you you know, do you even know? Do you even know if your financial advisor is a fiduciary? Like oh. You know, do they even know? Yes. Like, have they asked? Are they aware? Is yeah. it even on their is on this, their radar? Is, is and so, a I'm going to put you on the spot, Joe. Um, we didn't tell Joe what the what this was. So, mm. so um, the choices were, of course, and the other choice was, what's a fiduciary? And this is, to be fair, this is a selective audience. This is our money friends audience. Sure. So, this is not the everyday public. These are people that are obviously focused on on money issues and care about it, and are, I believe, reasonably educated about it.
1: I know. And that's the hard part is that I think if we talk about the public in general, the answer is maybe 10% or less. No. But in our audience, I'm going to swing the other direction and say 85% to say, yes, it's their fiduciary.
0: I love that, Joe. You were not exactly right, but you're were right in your in your thinking, um, and very close. It was seventy five percent said, "Of course, I do know that my financial advisor is a fiduciary," and twenty five percent said, "What's a fiduciary?" So directionally you really good. Not that b- was awesome. Not
1: bad. Well, we, we we've got some brilliant listeners. That's the real. We're the real. Uh, you know our audience. Rubber meets the road. This is this is uh it it is very frustrating. That, um, companies still try to obfuscate this information to use the billion dollar word, like they that was tr- a
0: big word, but, but,
1: but they try <laughs> to put a fog around this, you know, Hey, Hey, hey. you know, the, the little guy isn't going to get great advice, but let me ask a question. Is a better, it is the better thing to have happen. The little guy gets no advice versus getting crappy advice, Right. I don't think that directionally great advice directionally non-great advice is much better than than um, than getting no advice and, I, and and I can imagine if there's a little guy who is is told by a broker you know what I can't afford to give you the advice because you know you can't afford whatever my fee is I think this person's already motivated to find out what the good advice is and there's a library i mean there's there there there's resources online there's our show there's all these free resources where people can at least start looking at it i i don't think that we need to have suboptimal advice out there for people
0: i couldn't agree more and i i love your point about there being so much advice the generation before now where you had these many of these advisors are ingrained with these habits of selling heavy commission products. We didn't have the internet with the resources that we have now. I mean, I love, I'm such a nerd, but I love the IRS website that will explain so much of this. Sure. That explains basically how an IRA works. How does a 401k work? And there's certainly sites. I love investopedia, um, just read the wall street journal every day, read the new, whatever your, whatever your, um, publication that you like the Washington post financial times, anything, listen to podcasts like this one, listen to stacking Benjamins. You will learn so much. You don't need that overpriced advice and you don't want to be somebody's kind of worst customer that they're ignoring and just pushing products that you don't need.
1: Yeah. I don't, I I don't understand that on the other side there, there is another, I mean, there's a downside to that, right? You and I are online all day, I roll my eyes uh, about some of the ridiculous stuff that people online talk about and that they say and that they push. And so in that way, th- there is there is still an unintended consequence of a, l- a lot more people being pushed to avenues of advice that aren't regulated the same way. And I'll give you an example. Yes. R- right now, there's a bear called compliance. And so When I was a financial advisor, I was one of 12 people at American Express and then at Ameriprise that was allowed to speak first and then go through compliance later. Most people had to ask their compliance officers, they could say anything, which is why when you go on Twitter and Facebook, the only thing that people that are registered representatives of these companies say sound like sales things and you know why it's because they are because instead of saying the wrong thing most of these people go well crap i'm not going to say anything and they put it up and yet some yahoo is on last week talking about how you should put half of your emergency fund in the stock market that's something Mm -hmm. no certified financial planner ever would tell you to do and yet i read it from a quote journalist that this was a good idea just last week
0: Well, I think that, look, the bar to call yourself a journalist, and I call myself a journalist, I've worked for CNBC, Reuters, CNN, and so on, um, you know, has evolved. And it's not the same that it used to be. So I think you do have to make sure that your sources have been vetted and that you are reading um, journalism publications and, and media properties that you feel, however you define it, are reputable. Yeah, And er, so, and that goes, and, and, you know, look, there's a lot of blogs that are really amazing, but, you know, scroll down to the bottom. If it says this is only for entertainment purposes only, you need to take that into context. That doesn't mean they're not completely accurate and wonderful and amazing, but just know that, just know that. And, and, you know, keep that in mind that these are their opinions, you know.
1: Yeah, know the source. Know Know the source. Know the source. We do this show live uh, on YouTube. Welcome, uh, all of our YouTube friends. And we're hanging out today with people like Ron and Johnny. Johnny said something interesting. He says, does do your best align with risk? So in other words, I think what Johnny might be alluding to is, do your best mean, okay, we're going to get you the best return. And actually, what's funny, Johnny, is that best often... In the public sphere, people think that means, hey, this will give you the best return. I think what an investment professional thinks when they think the best is something totally different. And it's funny, there was actually a piece maybe six months ago that highlighted this, that when financial professionals talk about good investments, they're talking about a whole different set of criteria than the public at large thinks about great investments. Um, so when when we say do your best, it's what's the thing That based on the uh, the your risk tolerance, your time frame is the investment that is most reliable to get you where you want to go. And that would include then the right tax strategy. Right. To go with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it how does it interplay with other investments in case the strategy doesn't work out like it's much more of a part of a holistic plan. It isn't, what's a rocket ship to the moon, right? What's the riskiest thing we can do so that we hit the powerball next week? That's not generally, well, not even generally, that's not at all what they're talking about with do your best.
0: I think it's important that a financial advisor listen. And understand the total picture, and that's something you know certified financial planners are trained to do, and it's important. And you know, look, I'm going to say something biased here, but I do think that you know one way to know if somebody has passed a certain amount of you know knowledge and experience is to look for someone who is a certified financial planner, which has become um, a well accepted um, mark of quality over the past few years. There's certainly emerging more. It doesn't mean somebody who's not a CFP is not completely qualified, but it is a shortcut. Yeah. that you can look at.
1: No, you need to know those. You also should look at places like BrokerCheck uh, mm-hmm. to check and see somebody's uh, record, make sure there's nothing uh, bad on their record. If there is, if they have one or two mentions, it might even just be a starting point. Once again, does it make them horrible? Like a restaurant is not allowed to refute things that uh, are on Yelp. Well, so- sometimes they do and it's ugly, but on BrokerCheck, <laughs> the brokers can't say their side of the story. But at the very least, you go in with your eyes open and you can ask some very intelligent questions. In just a second, we're going to try to very intelligently put together a takeaway for this piece. But before we do that, I want to say just a little bit about Tiller, our sponsor for today's show. Tiller's the place where I go to manage my money, not because of the fact that it is necessarily the best. I go there. I go there because it is the most flexible, which for me Is a different definition of best than most people have. Now, if you can find an off-the-shelf solution that already is 100% what you like, well, then more power to you. I couldn't find it. I looked through many different apps and things to manage my money. And what Tiller did was gave me the ability to customize it more to me. And what's also cool about Tiller, there are people in the community who are always working on new spreadsheet solutions to make it more like me. And it's funny, with a growing user base all the time, you'll find that the information flow of people using tiller money uh, becomes more exciting all the time. It gets easy for money nerds to geek out on it. I am not a spreadsheet nerd, and I like it because I can very quickly go in, see what I want, and get back out. My spreadsheet nerd friends, though, can can parse data to their heart's delight because it's all based on either google sheets or excel whatever you so to kick the tires you can try it for free you also get 20 percent off your first year if you use our link it's tillerhq.com forward slash mwf for money with friends that's tillerhq.com forward slash mwf all right bobby what's our takeaway here i don't know you go first I don't think we wait for industry, industry people. I don't think we worry about the fight. I mean, the fights are going to go on. You're seeing that more and more states, and even with this uh, uh, regulation uh, BI, best interest that the SEC has now, everybody's moving toward the same thing, making sure that your advice is the best advice that you can get yourself. That's where everybody's headed. I wouldn't wait for regulators, though. Do that for yourself. Surround yourself with good people, who have a good background, who are already fiduciaries, meaning that legally they have to show you something called the ADV uh, that shows you in writing. They don't just say it; they show you in writing that they have to act in your best interest. That's who I want to hire when it comes to professional help in my corner. And I love having great people who are smarter than me and not as interested in my goals as I am personally. They're not emotional about them; they're just strategic and can help me think a little bit differently than I do. Um, I love having that, but get good advice in your corner. Don't worry. I mean, I I love the fact we brought this to the table so we could talk about it, Bobby, but who cares what's going on with Massachusetts? Like go, go find a
0: fiduciary advisor. I wish that was my takeaway. That was really good.
1: (laughs) It can be just say ditto.
0: Well, I'll say ditto and okay. (laughs) So as a certified financial planner, which, you know, look, I only became a certified financial planner in 2017. So I'm still pretty new to this. Um, But look, we, we learned and they really drill it into us that putting clients' best interest first and not just suitable advice is something that I certainly stand for. I know you do too, Joe. And the more people that understand the stakes, the better shot we have at getting this done. So I say we should pay attention to Massachusetts because of that reason obviously apply it to ourselves, which is what you were saying. So everyone, please learn about this and ask, 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 keep reading. We talked about, you know, reliable sources, know your source, know who you're taking advice from, know who you're reading opinions from. When you read these pieces, it is on you, you other people. It's great. I love that Joe said that they are not as emotionally involved, but at the end of the day, you have to be your own advocate and you have to be your own protector. So whenever you're working with a financial professional, Always make sure you ask, are you a fiduciary? How do you get paid?
1: A little bit longish episode today, but man, with some impact and hope we got a lot out of today. If you're, whether you're hanging out with us on YouTube or you're listening, you're on your commute, walking the dog, whatever it might be. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. Bobby, people want to help us make the show. You can do that on Instagram. And how do they find us there?
0: At Money Friends Pod. That is our social handle on both Instagram and on Twitter.
1: Awesome. And you'll also find everything about our uh, crazy smart cast of characters at Money, Friends with, Money with Friends Podcast.com. On behalf of Bobby, I'm Joe. We'll see you back here. Well, Bobby, you'll see you back here again tomorrow at Money with Friends. Bye bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com.